I like that he said, your identity does not have to be what your thoughts are. I it's like spot that on. Well, right, absolutely, yeah. Mindfulness is simply the practice of creating margin. Welcome to the Consultant and the Coach podcast. I'm here with my good friend, uh, Josh. How are you, my friend? I'm great. How are you? Josh is trying to just tell me how to do the podcast. And I'm kind of doing what I do, but hey, all right, welcome. That's all right. w- welcome. Hey, you know, we are, we are here to really help leaders uh, who lead in complex, fast-paced environments. And a lot of leaders, they lack tools. And what we want to do is we want to give you tools so you're rocking and rolling in leadership. So... Um, who am I? I'm, I'm a CEO. I'm a executive and growth coach. And who are you, Josh? Yeah, I'm, you know, for many of you who've been listening, a strategy consultant. And I think between the two of us, uh, we've got about 40 years of experience. So we love getting on and talking about these things. Um, more importantly, we're, we like to be book nerds as we'll talk a lot about our faith as Christians and business, you know, really just got together working on this podcast because we were trying to figure out how to live our best business life as Christians and as that being important to us. As well as um, <clears throat> being able to, you know, bring that knowledge and expertise to other people who might be interested in what we have to say based on what we do. Absolutely. So what, what, what uh, scripture do you have for us this morning? Yeah. So if you've hopefully heard the uh, interview with Eric Holsoppel and we're digging into his book, Profit with Presence, um, and it's a lot about mindfulness, uh, the scripture. And that was fascinating. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah. like what we try to do, interview the author first, yep, yep, get their yep. take. Mm-hmm. Now, this is our book review of it, which mm-hmm. is our take on his book. Mm-hmm. Um, we try to be as open-minded as possible. Yeah. And we learn a lot of things. These are not people who are always in our same camp. Right. No, and we purposely go out and try to read <clears throat> books that are meaningful, both that we think are interesting to people we talk to, people we work with, clients we work with who want to know about these topics. Um, and glean all we can from them. And so, uh, yeah, we'll dig dig in. Um, the scripture for today is Psalm 4610, a very simple one. Uh, Be still and know that I am God. Uh, and I think the main point here is while we're going to talk about how to leverage many of the uh, positives about mindfulness and some of the things that we saw in the book that we could put into practice, I think one of the things that, you know, jumped out to me as a, as a Christian and person of faith is that uh, this book is has many great um, tools around how to be mindful, how to be present, which is sort of what we're talking about, right? Um, as leaders, it's really important. I know a lot of leaders struggle with that. Um, and we also did actually interesting, a similar podcast series on how to calm your mind a mm-hmm. couple months ago, also very similar. Chris Bailey, great great tools for how to be be present, be still, how to calm your mind. Um, but the reminder that jumped out to me was is, is people who are Christians, uh, business leaders, as you're thinking about your, your running your businesses and doing your work, being still is really important. But don't stop there, right? No. Psalm, Psalm 46 in particular and many other places in Scripture make it clear that we are not to stop at being still, but we are then to turn our eyes to our Maker, mm-hmm. right? Be still and know. Be still and, and no, it's not be still and empty your mind. It's be right. still and know, know that I am God, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, it, another psalm, you know, or, uh, I look to the hills, where does my help come from? It's just, it's just looking up, right? So so we, we will talk about the being still part today, but I want to start off with that so that people understand that we believe it's a two-part journey. Mm-hmm. Um, and and but, but again, lots of great things to learn from this book around uh, being still, but there'll be plenty of kind of places where we slightly differ on the intent, the purpose, the, the you know behind it. But um, but certainly lots. So about. so let's talk about the book. I yeah. mean, it was I you know when I say it was a really great book. Don't it, the hard part is that might be a soundbite. There are very good parts 
to the book. Yeah. I would not. Uh, and, and because I like his idea of mindfulness, but it, mm-hmm. it's really where does that take us? And I would be very hesitant. Um, it, it's one of those things. It comes down to authority. And where does that mindfulness take us mm-hmm. now? Uh, sum, summarize the book. Well, you know what stuck out for you in terms of uh, listening to him, reading the book. You had a lot of really great insights. What, what stuck out to you first? Yeah, I mean, and some of this we'll get into in the business and life application podcast, right? Go mm-hmm. a little deeper. But I would say, on the whole, what I appreciated about the book is that it had it it, it was this uh, un, unusual. And I don't say that in a bad way. I mean, that was yeah, I guess unique could be a better word, but unique way of blending business with with maybe secular spirituality, right? Attempting to sort of glean all that's possible from a secular spirituality perspective, a mindfulness perspective, a sort of lack of, you know, um, maybe a more agnostic perspective, recognizing there wasn't a specific religion it was trying to push, even if in many ways it was its own set of religious tenets. In the construct of business can change the world is is, was it was like Mm -hmm. if business leaders all got together and decided mindfulness was important we could change all the things on dialogue problems and other issues in our country which is interesting and like i appreciated that he was thinking about some of these hard problems how to solve Mm -hmm. them um and i think we need more people who are thoughtfully trying to figure out how to solve these big problems so i appreciated that and what i really appreciated about the book and what he was saying is i think all too often we have like this little spiritual box and then we have this business box he was trying to mesh them he was yeah now i don't think uh mindfulness fixes the world's problems and that's where we're gonna really differ is Mm -hmm. you know he would say if you know all businesses practice the art of mindfulness it eventually will uh solve the world's problems and this may or may that that doesn't work in 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 our worldview from my perspective right 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 yeah 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 i mean it, it's it, it it's a uh, it's an element absolutely right but it's not the whole answer mm-hmm. from a faith perspective right as you're trying to think about that in a integrated way as a business leader and more importantly a christian and trying to figure out how to you know run a family and live life and run from place to place now in the book he has a lot of pillars you know mm-hmm. pillar yeah. one 12, uh, pillar two yeah he came up with 12 pillars and what sticks out to you regarding the 12 pillars that he chose yeah i mean i think we can go you know pillar by pillar i think the there's definitely little things in each one I think that I liked, little ones, little things in each one that I thought, well, I don't know about that from a scriptural perspective. How do I apply that? How do I think about that? Um, so, yeah, I would say, I mean, maybe we can go through some of them. I think yeah. I saved a couple for our other podcasts. So we won't hit on like mm-hmm. four and five today. Well, let, well let's, hit, let's hit pillar yeah. one. Mindfulness is simply the practice of creating margin. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what I, I mean, that's how I thought about it was, you know, it's, because he talked about mindfulness being finding that space between your thoughts, mm-hmm. right, and and having the ability to do that. Well, in my mind, that, that space is margin, right? And and so thinking about margin in life, and margin can be a lot of things. It can be the space between your thoughts. It can also be your ability to um, create separation between issues, meetings, even running meeting to meeting on a busy day doesn't mm-hmm. mean you can't have margin in your mind, right? I appreciated that he said. I like that he said, you you don't have to, your identity does not have to be what your thoughts are. Absolutely. And that was a really interesting idea to me that I thought, oh, that's really interesting. It's, like, it's I like spot that on. Lot, right? Absolutely. Too. Yeah. Because there's a lot of things, you know, that um, 
that are you know problematic if you let your thoughts drive you too much mm-hmm. right and it takes a lot of maturity to sort of get there and i've only started to find myself in that journey the last few and years our be- and in in coaching i have found that our behaviors do follow our thoughts now now we aren't mm-hmm. we aren't all of our thoughts and mm-hmm. this is the, this is the beauty of so i i differ on mindfulness versus meditation Mm -hmm. and if you look at jesus he practiced meditation he Mm -hmm. practiced prayer it wasn't a and so it's and you heard in the previous podcast i asked him define the difference between mindfulness Mm -hmm. and meditation but understanding how our thoughts relate and you see this in scripture it's psalms you know what do we do with our thoughts Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, meditating on the word of god mm -hmm. right again it's it's the difference between Meditating on the space between your own thoughts versus pivoting your thoughts to an authority, right? Absolutely. Because eventually our behaviors follow our thoughts. So if we have a few bad thoughts, it doesn't mean we're going necessarily in the wrong directions. But if we continually do that without bringing our thoughts in line with Scripture, it can lead to a very, very bad place. Right. Well, and I would say, you know, one thing we've talked a lot about on this podcast is when we say it could lead to a very bad place— it or a good place over a long period of time right absolutely i I haven't read yet but we're going to get into our next book not to jump ahead the power power to change power of change yeah by uh craig Craig rochelle Mm -hmm. and it's about habits i think we've talked about habits before um but i I have a feeling there's going to be a lot in there about you know the long journey of faith the long journey so it's when you plot your thoughts in these ways and i think eric actually might eric holsoppel the author would agree that a lot of this mindfulness work is, is, a, is a multi-year journey, right? So a lot mm-hmm. of the stuff we're talking about, if you're looking for a quick fix to your problem, like, you know, tomorrow, um, this isn't that fix. <laughs> no, and, and he would say we that. Have other fix, goes, we have other fixes and, for you. And what I appreciate it, he, he has, I, I love talking with old wise people, and he even kind of um, alluded to that, is, you know, this is something that he has been working at mm-hmm. years and decades at a time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I appreciated that I uh, got him on, and, and you know, between you and I, we have 40 years of experience, and, mm-hmm. and we doubled that with just him getting on. Yeah, he's podcast. like, I have 40 years of experience, I'm a doctor, and I'm a teacher, and I'm a business person, and that, that's really, really cool. Yeah. He, kn- he knows what he's talking about in terms of growing a business and understanding how everything comes together. Right. Uh, what about the second pillar or third pillar? Yeah, he talked about identifying your purpose in life, and of course my mind went to that classic sort of Christian book that was around kind of, I think, your and I's kind of 20s-ish age of the purpose-driven life, right? So yeah. it was sort of, the, the, it was sort of the, the non-Christian version of that in my mind. Um, I, I did think about, um, it, it was interesting to me, he talked about purpose, and he did make the comment, you know, a man should, of course, be a full participant in caring for his own children and the household. But he also had a lot of questions in there about what is truth and sort of you should you should apply your mind until you decide you shouldn't. And I thought, well, then why why is that? Like, I know why that's important to me. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not saying I shouldn't do that, but I didn't understand in the con- like that to me was a contradiction. Like, why sh- why would your household be a priority? I didn't understand that because in, in not, the construct not, of the moral yeah, it, kind of in the in the moral setting he was creating. Mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't I couldn't follow yeah. that. I asked him about it in the podcast a little bit, and we talked a little bit about truth, and and I think. Um, it was a real squishy answer for me that I didn't love, you know, so. I, I, I felt it. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't able to articulate all of it, but it, yeah. it does come down to mission. You know, what is our purple, 
per- personal mission mm-hmm. in life. We need to know what it is. Now we can we can jump into and how does that relate to business? Sometimes they overlap. Sometimes they don't. Yeah, yeah. And so we need to at least be aware of it. Right. The other thing I thought of in to purpose driven life and how he was talking about some things was maybe one to have if you if you would and. and I don't know if you would, but I would recommend if you're thinking about the stuff he is, go read Mere Christianity. Oh, yes. By C.S. Lewis. Lewis. Mm-hmm. Um, because kind of quick synopsis is C.S. Lewis, if you don't know, author from 40s and 50s, author of a lot of books, most well-known for Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, um, in the Narnia series, but he wrote a lot of theology books. In fact, obviously, if you don't know that, Narnia is very theological. Um, but Mere Christianity is interesting because... He takes the concepts of a lot like actually Eric Holsoppel's talking about, like if you have a sense of patriotism, if you have a sense of right and wrong, let's mm-hmm. think about why those things are, right? And he sort of t- walks you down the path to why that can lead you to faith in, in specifically in Christianity. And um, I thought it definitely made me think, gosh, he's just sort of right there. I mean, he just, he just needs to walk a few steps further. He's very, very close. Right. In many Absolutely. Ways. Many ways Absolutely. Very far, but, but very and different. a lot of the values are the exact same. Yeah. yeah. And it was, you know, in off the podcast, Josh and I, we've been talking. We're like, it's a question of authority. The base level is different. And even heard him talk in his book, you know, hey, you know, he was talking about his influences, mm-hmm. very much Eastern religion, mm-hmm. uh, yoga, and what he's kind of learned through that. And, uh, and so that, that's where it's different. Whereas, as you know, he would say we need to go deeper and understand mindfulness, where he is searching that through Eastern religion, where we are searching that through the Judeo-Christian mm-hmm. context and mm-hmm. what does the Old and New Testament say. So it's one of those things. It's a lot of things are similar, but at the same time, I'm, I'm such a Reformed Christian. I've got to. Where are we going to plant our our flag? Yeah, the last thing I'd, I think I'd, I'd say on that, just to summarize the the, the, the pillar, is he, he sort of laid out a four-part purpose. He talked about inner purpose leads to presence. Presence is your soul. Soul is is to outer presence. Inner presence, presence, soul, outer presence. Mm-hmm. Outer purpose, excuse me. Inner purpose, presence, soul, outer purpose. And I think in terms of I was thinking about that, translating that to my life and faith and calling. Um, and I think for Christians, a way to think about that, if you wanted to pull from that, is thinking about... An inner purpose, you know, maybe a commitment to something like steadfastness or love, right? That is is something that can be driven or comes from the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit feeds that into our soul, and then that becomes something we live out every day as Christian business leaders, husbands, fathers, you know, things like that. Is mm-hmm. how I would. It's sort of I was trying to think about how do I make something out of this? Like there is something here. There's a construct for purpose that I like. But, but there are certain different, like, different words and definitions I would use from a faith perspective. Mm-hmm. Now, one of the things I love with him talking about mindfulness and kind of even what you mentioned regarding purpose is I would say as, as we've talked, when as people get anxious or if they're not sure what direction they're going, you need to be mindful. We need to be mindful of the direction that we're heading, but how that relates back to our mission in life. So, mm-hmm. for example, exactly. in my life, my personal mission statement, which I took from the Westminster Catechism, glorify God and enjoy him forever. Mm -hmm. So when I get confused and I get frazzled sometimes, I try, okay, Eric, what is your mission in life? Mm -hmm. Then you go from mission Mm -hmm. to vision. Okay, Mm -hmm. in the next, in the five, 10 years, this is what I would like to accomplish. And one year I want to accomplish. But even into a daily, if I get too frazzled, okay, what's going to happen in the next hour? 
it's it's being able to br- you know expand it as well as bring it down and yeah. how are we mindful of you know how that relates to our personal mission well and i love that you say that because one of the things i when i was reading it you know not that there wasn't stuff for me the strategy nerd to sort of freak you know enjoy there was a ton of stuff in here for coaching right yeah. oh a absolutely ton of stuff for you mm-hmm. in terms of tools i love there was i mean i don't know how many you're going to decide to use in your cons- your journey but a lot of things were similar to what you've talked about right life planning that you do with your clients you know the mission vision value stuff personal stuff and for the company that that's kind of where i do it but um kind of jump into number three that create clarity vision intention commitment and habits um i want to know i want you to unpack a little bit more because he talked about this from a coaching perspective tell me more about what you thought as a coach about the 10 leadership blind spots and maybe you talk about from a coach's perspective how you would go about assessing those. Remember, he said, I, we asked him specifically, how do you assess these? He goes, that's a good idea. We don't have an assessment for those. Mm-hmm. I think that's a consultant and a coach's job. And so I thought, oh, Eric could talk about I, this. I, so I, I liked where he was alluding to and how do you address blind spots. But in coaching, w- one of the secret sauces I have found is people ignore people ignore their emotions too much. Because a lot of times, the way God's made us is I'll, when I'm coaching someone, I'm looking very specifically at what makes someone really, really angry or really, really fearful or really excited. Mm-hmm. And it, it, what, what the, we, are, we are not our emotions, but frequently our emotions come out of our beliefs. And what I've seen a lot of times is people will say, I believe in X, Y, or Z, whatever it happens to be, but it doesn't coincide with their emotions. So I was actually disappointed in the book that he did not talk more about emotions because in coaching, once we figure out how our emotions come into what we actually believe and do, when those coincide, oh man, people just shoot out like a rocket in an amazing way Mm because that's where you see, you know, just you rock and roll because God made us with emotion. So actually, that was one of those things. Habits, I, I agreed with a good portion of it, mm-hmm. but I thought it was a little weak on the emotional side. Yeah, well, I think that, you know, to, to, to paint that in the most positive light, I think what they were attempting to do was saying through mindfulness, you can actually to, to overcome or, or turn many of those negative emotions into positives. Now, I don't want to spoil our life application podcast. Correct. We're going to get there. Mm-hmm. Um, so if anybody's wanting to know what we're going to say about that, we have some ideas around how to deal with the negative emotions differently, maybe than he would have suggested. And some, I think, as we're walking into um, just had Ash Wednesday, mm-hmm. also a time for that. Just a little sneak preview on the life application one, but we'll talk about that more. Um, what did you think about just a number of the cautions around... Um, the affirmations he talked about. He talked about a lot of daily affirmations. What did you think about hey, that? I have g- some give, on give, that me, give me one or two examples. I don't remember the ones he said, but he mm-hmm. had a lot of things like, I am this, I am that, and just things he would say to himself over and over and over again. Right? Oh, I love I love affirmations. Okay. If they're correct affirmations. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> you know, for obvious reasons. But I can say ones that are on, on, uh, not well, real if you really want to. I can say, I, I'm a purple princess unicorn. But it's one of those things I'd be like, that doesn't work for you, Josh. But in terms of affirmations. Actually, no, I write that down 25 times a day. Yeah. But in terms of affirmations, I'm going to jump to my track and cross country coaching because mm-hmm. when I'm coaching athletes, mm-hmm. you're exhausted. You are just tapped out and yet they have to run really, really fast. So one of the things I do with my coaching in track and field mm-hmm. is we have affirmations, mantras. And I'm like, hey, I don't care what you pick, but 
pick six words that you're going to repeat as you just kill yourself on this next interval. Mm. And uh, my daughter, one of them was like arms back, uh, drive hard, arms back, drive hard. So what happens is as she's running, that's she's repeating that in her head mm. and then her body follows her in that direction. Interesting. I do the same thing in my coaching where I'll say, you know, some people get stuck in these negative loops. So I'll say, hey, what does scripture say about you? Mm-hmm. Who does God say we are? Because a lot of times you see this, Jesus encounters someone and he's all he's doing is saying, hey, this is actually who you are. And I have found tremendous prog- uh, progress when people affirm themselves, hey, who does God say you are? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm a failure. That doesn't, what's, that's not what scripture says. Scripture says you're mm-hmm. beloved and a child of God. Right. So I think affirmations, I'm a child of God. I'm beloved by God. I'm forgiven. That's what we will see. And I love affirmations in that way. Yeah. Yeah. That was, it was, I liked the fact that he mentioned that as a daily practice. Uh, and, you know, obviously we would encourage folks to, to move away from specific non-spiritual things that he mentioned or non-biblical things, but more reading scripture, meditating on God's word, prayer. But then I think the affirmations that came to mind for me that I think are the more productive in my own mind and heart is... Um, Use of use of liturgy, right? Absolutely. So stru- not the specific affirmations, but a structured way. So I use a specific uh, liturgy daily uh, called the Daily Prayer Project. Um, also the Lord's Prayer. Also the Jesus Prayer. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you don't know what that is, um, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, yeah. have mercy on me, a sinner. And you can do it with breath. Actually, yeah. this sort of aligns with what we talked about, breathing and, in, breathing out. And we're getting into life um, application. I do the same thing yeah. in, in regards to even the serenity prayers where sometimes yeah. I get, yeah. what what's next? Okay, because the serenity prayers, Lord, what what can I control right. real short term versus, hey, you're in charge of the, a lot of things that I'm not. Yeah, 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 yeah. Brings us down. No, he didn't. He needed to mention that, I think, the serenity mm-hmm. prayer. He did. Book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think we're probably getting close to wrapping up. I know yeah. we spent a lot of time on the first three yeah, this, but this is our this is our book review. So our next next podcast next week is business application from Whole Staples book. So this is more of a you know book overview. Now, hey, how do we apply it to business yeah. consulting, coaching inside of a business? Mm-hmm. And uh, that's next. But in the meantime, go to the consultant on the coach Yeah, and check us out. And check us out. Send and us an uh, email. Hey, also, whether, whether you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, you name it, do us a favor. Leave us a five-star review because what that does is it allows other people to uh, hear the content So, because this is all about helping other business leaders uh, really succeed in business and in life. Awesome. Okay. All right. Until next week. Take care, Thanks, everybody. Thanks, guys.